seated here in the house of the Lord. I'd like to direct your attention to the book of John, chapter number four. John, chapter number four. Famous passage of scripture here. going to start reading in verse number four, John chapter four and verse number four, speaking of the Lord Jesus and he must needs go through Samaria. Now in John chapter two, you have an incredible miracle that sets the stage for John chapter three. In John chapter 2, at the marriage feast at Cana, Jesus changed the molecular structure of water into wine. Why is that important? Because Jesus wants to change the molecular structure of your life. And he's the only one that can do it. He sets the precedent of the rest of the gospel at a marriage feast. And then in John chapter 3, we have a religious leader by the name of Nicodemus that comes to Jesus by night. And Jesus tells him or gives him the equation on how to experience that type of a change. It's very simple. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And now in John chapter 4, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. Something equally profound is about to transpire in Samaria. Verse number 5, And Jesus answered verily, verily, or of a truth, of a truth, I say unto thee, except a man be born, I'm sorry, I'm in John 3 still, aren't I? Pardon me. Verse number 5 of John 4. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour's noon. It was approximately 12 noon. Verse 7, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. Now skipping down to verse number 11. The woman saith unto Jesus, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Verse number 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto her, 
Sir, give me this water that I may thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. Now that that is a critical question that we're going to talk about here in a few moments. Verse number, I know it's not on your list up there in the sound booth, but if you could get verse number 21, Jesus saith unto her woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor ye at Jerusalem worship the Father. Verse 22, ye worship you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Verse number 28. The woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. I'm going to talk to us for a few moments about the significance of a well. The significance of a well. I know that we've praised the Lord a lot here already today, but I wonder if we could put our Bibles down and lift our hands. Even those of you that are visiting with us, you're welcome to join us. Let's pray together. Let's pray that God will speak to us with clarity. Father, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. Father, we pray that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, would move in an unprecedented way in our hearts. All of those that are here today and those that are watching, we pray, oh God, for a move of the Holy Ghost. And I pray for a revelation in the Word of God about the significance of a well. We ask it in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You may be seated. I've already mentioned that in John chapter 2, Jesus begins with an incredible miracle, a profound miracle that he begins to give a little bit more information about this miracle in John chapter 3. And in John chapter 4, we're still dealing with water. Of course, in John 2, it was water into wine. John 3, you must be born again of water and spirit. And now in John chapter 4, we're still talking about water. But it begins with an amazing statement that Jesus must, needs, go to Samaria. Samaria, of course, for those of you that are biblical students of the Word of God, is a place that was essentially off limits to the Jews only because the Samaritans were half-breeds. They were a reminder and a representation of the Jews being under the times of the Gentiles. That hundreds of years earlier, when the Jews went into Babylonian captivity, that there was the explanation of a dream that was given by Daniel that the nation of Israel would be under consecutive Gentile powers until the ten toes mingled with iron and mud are broken. 
in the future. And so the Samaritans represent a half-breed of the captors and the captives where Samaritan men interbred with Jewish women and produced what we know as the Samaritans. They held to a portion of the Pentateuch, which is the writings of Moses in your Bible, but they had a lot of their own stuff in there as well, so they were absolutely discredited by their race, and they were discredited by the Jews because of their belief system. And so we find it unusual in this early chapter of the ministry of Jesus that he must needs go to Samaria. He's already got the disciples that are following him whithersoever he goeth. And Jesus, understanding their limited understanding, their not understanding exactly what he's doing in the earth just yet, he sends them on a side mission. Now, boys, uh, just, just stick with me here this morning. I, I want you guys to go to Burger King and have a long lunch. <laughs> I want you to go somewhere and buy meat, is what the Bible says. And they, they, Jesus sent them on a, a tributary of a mission so that, so that God could get the will of God done. You know, when God does something, I, I want to be included on what God's doing. I don't want God to have to do it because I'm not ready to understand what he's doing because he might be dealing with a different race. Oh, I'm already preaching. I want to be where God is, whether God is dealing with somebody sitting on a bar stool in a gay bar. Oh, I just lost some of you. I want to tell you, the God I serve loves everybody and is not willing that any should perish. Clap your hands and give him praise. And so Jesus, understand, understanding the limited development of disciples, had to send them on a side journey so that God could get done what God needed to get done. And Jesus, being wearied with this journey, goes to Samaria and sits on the side of a well. It's not just any well. It has incredible historic merit. In fact, in your Bible, it says that this is at Sychar, near to the parcel of ground, that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. I don't have time uh, to get in and, and, and explain all that, but suffice it to say that this was a historic place. In fact, in your Bible, in the book of Genesis, way back in the beginning, Genesis chapter 12, verse number 6 and 7, says this. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem. Under the plain of Moray, and the Canaanite was, and the Canaanite was in the land. Verse number seven, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, "Unto thy seed will I give this land." And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Why is that important? Because Shechem is where this well is. Sychar and Shechem, according to some biblical historians, it is synonymous. It is the same geographical region. 
And yet, in the book of Genesis, chapter number 12 and verse number 6, we see actually in the King James Version, it does not say Shechem, it says Shechem. But it's the same thing. And there at Shechem, God appears to Abram, and Abram builds an altar. I find that incredibly important because an altar was not something that was built with a shovel. It was not something that was built with any kind of a tool. It was built with a man on his knees using his fingers and gathered a mound of dirt. And I find it interesting that where the patriarch built an altar that went up, we now find a well that goes down. I find that interesting. And so Jesus is there sitting at the side of the well, and he's waiting. Well, she'll be along in a second now. Oh, there she is. Jesus knows just when to meet you in your life. In fact, Jesus is here at Cornerstone today waiting on some people. You said, well, I didn't make my mind up till yesterday. Jesus was there. You didn't make the choice till last night, and Jesus was there. Jesus saw you get dressed. Jesus saw you get into your vehicle. Jesus saw you come with your friend. I'm trying to communicate to somebody that God has something for you that's from another world, something that will never, something that will never run out, something that can never satiate. It was unusual for a woman to draw water at noon. In archaic times, women gathered water early in the morning or they gathered it at the last light in evening for the needs of their household. But here is a woman that is going to the well at noon, as this incredible story begins to unfold, you're going to see, at least in part, why she came at noon. One of the very first questions that Jesus, or statements that Jesus makes is, go and get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. Everybody in Samaria knew that. The man she was living with was not her husband. It's called shacking up. And all the women in Samaria knew who she was. All the men already knew who she was. You better believe all the women knew who she was. And she knew, if I'm going to avoid some of those piercing stares of condemnation and ridicule, I'm going to go when everybody's just not even paying attention to who's at the well. I'm going to go ahead and use the well when... This woman's not there. That woman's not there. I know they come in the evening or they come in the morning, so I'm going to go when the coast is clear. But she didn't understand. Although you may be able to dodge the humiliation of flesh, there's a God that's waiting on you. I think there's a great place to just lift our hands and say, I'm liking this already. I'm liking this already that there's a God that didn't come here to condemn me. There's a God that didn't come here to ridicule and shame me. But there's a God that's here to talk to me. 
You know, I've not been satisfied with one hand clap of praise we've given today. Why don't we clap our hands with strength unto the Lord? Let these rafters roar with praise. The God I serve is inexhaustible. He's infinite. He knows everybody, and he knows everything. A great God is worthy of great praise. Ancient archaeologists tell us that well is still there. They have found the remnants of a wall there as well. A well and a wall. Jesus begins an incredible journey of a conversation with this woman. You know, Abraham proved that if I am going to fulfill the word of God, I'm going to have to learn how to dig. Now, Abram was raised on the banks of the Euphrates River, one of the great cradles of civilization between the Tigris and the Euphrates River, where he had never had to dig a well. His father relocates. Abram is called in the beginning of Genesis chapter number 12 to go into a land where the only way that he's going to survive is he's going to have to learn to dig. Ladies and gentlemen, if we are going to survive, we are going to have to learn how to dig. You're probably a little confused with that, so let me fill in a few more blanks. Abram understood that this is where God has led me. I don't see any fresh water on the surface. The only one that did was his nephew, that when they had to part ways, Lot chose the surface water that was tied the well-watered plains of Jordan. But see, Lot was always the easy way out. Lot wanted the easy way. There's a lot of people that want the easy way. There's a lot of people that want stuff that's on the surface. Abraham said, no, I'm called to be a digger. I don't know how to do it. I know how to dig out an altar. I guess I'll just keep digging and see what's below the surface. And so Abram learned how to dig wells. But Lot was not a covenant man. And people that are not covenant people will not learn how to dig. They won't know how to get below the surface. But if you're under a covenant, and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you said, you know what? I'm going to roll up my sleeves. It may bring sweat to my brow, but I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to dig beyond the flesh. I'm going to dig beyond the supernatural. I'm going to dig till I hit God. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him great praise. And so Abram, family, he had servants, he had flocks, and he realized that we are not going to survive in Canaan land until I learned to dig, and dig he did, 
and he dug wells. But you have to understand, and we learned this at the death of Abraham. Within hours after it was announced and proclaimed that the patriarch has passed, and the family began to prepare for mourning that could go on for as long as a month as, like it did with Moses. That the Philistines took advantage that while God's people are over here, we are going to go ahead and fill in the wells. Because you see, what those wells represent is they represent permanence. They represent residency. If you don't ever plan on staying anywhere, you just keep on moving through. But when you're guided by a word from God and you don't have to have any water, you don't have to have anything, but you said that this is where God put me, you'll start digging and then you'll take residence and then you have dominion. But as soon as Abraham died, the Philistines saw their opportunity to destroy the residency of the generations of covenant that would be established in, the, in this land. And so they filled it in with dirt and with rocks, removing the opportunity to find fresh water. Which is why after digging a well and securing a well, you have to have a perimeter of protection. A perimeter of protection, whether it's just branches, whether it's rocks and sticks, or whether it's a wall that has a watchman sitting on top of it. It protects that life-giving portal that goes into the subterranean part beyond what I can see. But I know that there's life there because there's water there. Wells without walls became subjected to nomadic tribes and Bedouins that were seeking to overpower those that had dug out the wells and ultimately drive these ancient peoples off. But Abram was not afraid for war, and Abram's servants were not afraid of war. They were able to secure them. In fact, the Philistines feared Abram because he was a man of the covenant, and Abraham was able to secure these wells. But you've got to have a wall when you dig a well. The well is the presence and the glory of God that is in Cornerstone. The walls are doctrine. The well does not protect the walls. It's the walls that protect the reason why we believe in the apostles' doctrine and we vary not. is because I love the glory. I love the power. I'm saving this for my grandkids. I'm saving this for my neighbor. I'm saving this for my coworker. I'm saving this for the visitors. It's not just about you and I. It's for consecutive generations that where Jesus will sit on the well that went hundreds of years into the past. Somebody clap. Clap your hands and give him praise. Mom and dad, you just keep digging. You just keep digging out that well. 
Because your children will with joy be drawing out of the wells of salvation. I've had a lot of people comment to me through the years. They said, you know, when you get to talking about salvation and you get to talking about the identity of Jesus and you get to talking about that there's only one God, I've never seen a church jump up and clap their hands and run the You have to understand, it's all part of the well. It's a revelation in the well. It's truth that's flowing out of the well. I've been to a lot of places that have walls but no well. That's called a prison. And the reason why we've got to keep these walls strong is because there's people that want after a well is dug. I want to tell you, my wife and I, my two children came here. You know the story well. Some of you could rehearse it. The first thing that we did, Brother Mike Whitmire, we started digging. Last week, we had people, we had a couple guys run here this morning. I'm not trying to say that you need to run this morning. Do it when the spirit's right. But I'm, I'm just saying, there was a spirit of liberty that was here last week. When my wife and I first started this church, Elder, we were the only ones running. Actually, she didn't have to run. She was playing the piano. I was the only guy running. We had people that were sitting in folding metal chairs that were saying, why is this guy running around in circles? You don't understand. I'm not doing it for you. I'm digging a well. God's still here. I'm still here. I know he's here. I'm going to start running. I'm going to start digging. The reason why some of you are running and worshiping God is because there's a well here. There's a liberty here. There's a power here. There's a glory here. Oh, yeah, you can go somewhere else. But if they don't have that well, you're going to start thinking things are different around here. You know what's different? Somebody dug. Somebody was under a covenant. Nobody can dig that well unless it's a covenant man. Because if you're not a covenant man, you're going to go to water on the surface. It's attached to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's attached to the world. But what I'm after is from another world. You can't see it on the surface. You can't see it with naked eyes. you got to start digging. you got to start pressing. Somebody help me out and clap your hands. We had a room full of people that was sitting on metal chairs, and I told them, you guys need to go to the prayer room. We got a, a Sunday school room across the hallway from the 700-square-foot office suite that we're, our 25, 30 chairs were set up in. And I said, you guys need to start going into that prayer room before service. And so before every service, my wife and I, Sometimes the only one's in there until I just kept rehearsing it and pushing it. What were we doing? We were digging a well. The reason why I walked through this back hallway before service and I could barely get through because there were so many bodies in there praying is because somebody dug a well and they brought liberty in prayer. Oh, come on, somebody. This is how it's done. If you're a home missionary watching this today, you don't need to get a program. You don't need a seminar. Just get you a shovel. Get rid of your golf clubs and get a shovel and just start digging and just start pushing and just start pressing. Until the glory and the power start flowing. Oh, clap your hand. Somebody!
Come on, no, let's really worship God. Put some energy into it. Break this thing wide open. Somebody's got to pay the price. Because Abraham and then Isaac redug it. Hundreds. Hundreds. Jesus is now sitting on a well that had been dug generations earlier. Let me talk to a grandpa and a mom and a dad that are worried about what you're seeing in this world today. Transgenderism, absolute hypocrisy, nothing makes sense. Politics has gone crazy. There's one place that makes total sense, and it's in the house where the water flows as an everlasting well. Somebody lift your hands. Somebody lift your voice. Let's give an everlasting God everlasting praise. Let's give a glorious God glorious praise. Let's give a great God great praise. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, push through and let that well, let it start flowing. Remember, we had a few more folks. We were on the, we were now on Sprague Avenue in a commercial storefront. And it was the third well that had to be dug, Brother Leon. And it was the third well of biblical giving. We had a little group of people there, but they, even though I was teaching it, even though I practiced it and even though I believed it, I needed to do some digging. And when you're doing digging, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing it on the people. Sometimes it's just giving yourself to prayer and fasting. But my wife and I started sacrificially giving. And do you realize that from, from that storefront that we bought our very first building on Broadway? In fact, the day that we took up pledges out of that small group of people, we took $20,000 over what was pledged. What are you talking about, Pastor? It's not automatic. It's not laying on the service. It's not following something from headquarters. It's somebody that says, you know what? If Abraham did it, I can do it. If God's in it, if God's in it, if God's in it, I'm going to roll my sleeves up, and I'm going to start digging. I'm going to start pressing. I'm going to start pushing. Clap your hands and give him praise. I'm looking for some diggers. remember in that building, we had many, many people come to the altar, and it just seemed like nobody was getting the Holy Ghost. They would come to the altar, but nobody was getting the Holy Ghost, and uh, we started digging again. Last week, we had between three and four people, I've never even seen them before, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and many people prayed through in the very first building. This building ain't got nothing to do with it. It is a well that this congregation drinks from. It is a well that this congregation comes to. It is a well that this congregation helped. Come on, somebody. I'm, with joy, I'm going to draw out of the wells of salvation. With joy, I'm going to draw out and pray, and I'm going to give, and I'm going to give him praise. Clap your hands and give him praise. These wells were known all over entire regions. 
as the water became so pure and so satiating to parched lips and tired and weary bodies. And so I believe that Jesus is talking about the recipe for a city-wide breakthrough. He meets this woman at the well. They begin a conversation, just some chit-chat. The very first line of questioning was to determine how thirsty she is. You know, God's wanting to know how thirsty you are today. Oh, I know, there's 2,000 denominations in America. And you can find a lot of them that will give you surface water. But Jesus said, when you get this stuff, you're never going to thirst again. You ain't going to be shopping for churches. You ain't going to be shopping for a youth group. You're not going to be shopping for a singles ministry. You're not going to be shopping anywhere because you found a well. Jesus said, go and call thy husband. Jesus already knew this. He's very smart. Jesus is very smart. He, he just, he knows everything. Go call your husband. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a husband. Jesus already knew that. Jesus already knew she's been through five. The one she's shacked up with is not her husband. That's not going to scare Jesus off. That's not going to drive Jesus off. Jesus was checking the honesty test. See, there's a lot of churches that are becoming perplexed because they don't know how to, how to deal with the gay rights of our world. This is how you deal with people that are struggling with the gay orientation. You listening? I know you're listening because this is being blasted all over the world. I want you to hear me good. You don't build their future on a past orientation. You build the future on the identity that God gave them. But you are washed. But you are justified. When you're under the blood of the Lamb and you're powered by the Holy Ghost, who cares about an orientation? Give me some more of that water. Give me some more of that spirit. Give me some more of that power. Now would you stand to your feet and clap your hands and let these rafters roar with praise that God's got the answer. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. No, you, yeah, you look at him. Yeah, not her. You just need to drink 
of the real stuff. You may be seated. This is why, listen to this. This is the wisdom of this. The sagacity of this is timeless. Jesus provided us with what he was going to do in his, his ministry until the end of time, and that's changed the molecular structure of one thing into another thing. Transformation. In John chapter 3, he gives a religious man basically the plan of salvation without the name of Jesus, and that is to be born again of water and spirit. In John 4, he's showing how to have a revival in an entire region. You first have to have a well there. Now, I know that the churches are being challenged with dealing with immorality. But ladies and gentlemen, if you got a well there, you can deal with immorality. If people have felt the power of the Holy Ghost, then you can deal with their orientation. If people feel that there's water flowing in this place, there's something from another world, I believe they really love me. I really believe they like me. I believe they'll work with me. Then they will say, you know what? You can deal with that. I can deal with it. If there's a well there, we can deal with adultery, fornication, perversion. Come on, somebody. Because there's something greater in the world than the flesh. There's something greater in this world than lust. There's something greater. And it's a well. If you've, got a ch if you've been to a church that has walls but no well, you ain't never going to forget it. It's a prison. Uh, don't shake your head. Don't lift your hand. Just breathe deeply, and I'll do the talking. If you've ever been a ch in a church like that, where it's all got to be governed because it is a prison, you ain't never going to forget that. But when that water is flowing, and those people now have a well, John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, because Jesus said that it will be as a spring of water. It will be, if any man thirsts, he that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now you become the well. It's not a well in the ground. It's not a well in this congregation. You become the well. When you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it will flow. Your body will shake. Your body will praise God. You'll Exalt him. You'll give him glory. Don't let the devil put dirt in your well. There's people under the sound of my voice that are redigging that well. You just keep on. Pastor, I went to church somewhere else, and they let me do this, and let me do that, and let me do this, and I didn't have good restraint, and now I don't feel God like I used to. You know what you need to do? You need to start digging. You put things in there that need to come out. It's an obstruction. It's obfuscating. It's blocking, if you please. Put a Holy Ghost stent in there and say, the blockage is coming out so I can get that flow again. I'm going to run again. I'm going to shout again. I'm going to have joy again. I'm going to shed tears again. I'm going to win souls again. a well, you can deal with immorality. 
This woman did not run. This woman, this woman did not tell Jesus off and run the other way. He had already laid the foundation, and it's at the right place at the right time. It's well done. There's a lot of churches that are avoiding talking about these kind of things because it's going to offend the, the religious carnality of humanity. But when you have a well there, it's not, it's not about what I think. It's not who I think should be present. I mean, I have a preference, but I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's on Congress. I don't care what's going on in the world. God is my God. Jesus is my way maker, and Jesus is my provider. deal with immorality if there's a well there. Because people in our world are sexually addicted. This pornography has, an, has ensnared an entire generation to where people are sexually addicted. We can talk about that because we got something better than porn here. going to see no mini skirts on this platform. You're not going to see no lowered blouses on this platform. Why? This is holiness unto the Lord. That's why. We've tapped into something that's from another world. We've drank from a well. Oh, let's go ahead and glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords that called us out of darkness into this marvelous light that you might get the drink of reality. Here's a real sticker. Listen to this one. Well, the, the woman says, well, no pun intended, we worship at Mount Gerizim. There's a mountain very close by. She could point to it. We worship right here. This is the place where we worship. Jesus looked at this confused, misinformed, immoral woman and said, you worship, you know not what. <gasps> I'll never go to that church again. Oh, you hear that dude this morning had the audacity to tell me that I don't even know what I'm doing. You can do that if there's a well there. You can only do that where there's a well. Because you got something down there that can make it all right. You got something down there that she ain't never going to, she's never going to go back to another man. She's never going to pick up a water pot. She's never going to go to Mount Gerizim. She's never going to be the same. She's never going to go to their little temple again. She's never going to believe that again. Only if there's a well. looked at her and said, you worship, you know not what. <gasps> well, but the time is coming and now is 
that they that worship the Father can worship him anywhere, not in your four walls. Now, you can only get that revelation at a well. We have people that come in here from all kinds of persuasions. Most of them are post-Reformation, but some of them pre-Reformation that are Orthodox, Catholic, everything in between. People come in here not even understanding where their doctrine was galvanized. They have no idea where their doctrine came from. They have no idea really anything about, about truth. Well, I have the Bible. That doesn't mean even the devil knows one that there's one God. That, that, that doesn't mean anything. When you get truth, you see the word of God is A through Z, Alpha through Omega, Alpha through Beta beginning and the end, you have it in alignment, you have it in proper order when you have the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth, Jesus is telling her, is that where you worship, nothing's happening. You don't even know what you're worshiping. You've been doing it for generations. You've been going to mom and dad and grandparents and great-grandparents and unlimited generations. I'm not going to insult people if there's a well there. Let's lift our hands and give God great praise. There's something greater. The well is deep. There's room for everybody. There's supply for everybody. Jesus was able to convict her of her sexual indiscretions. Jesus was able to convince her Though you worship, you know not what. So when you hear an apostolic church that is dealing with this stuff, they're not going to run people off because they got a well there. <laughs> Those people are going to be in that altar seeking a drink. Those people are not heading for their car. Those people are not ugly. Those people are not going to get bitter. Those people are not going to be offended. Those people are like, you know what? You can say whatever you want. Just give me some more of that water. <laughs> I want to see those guys run some more. I want to see somebody that looks like they're not restrained by what people think in this world. I want to see people worship God like they've been drinking something from another world. Well, we know all this is going to happen because we know Messiah is coming. We know that when Messiah comes, he's going to tell us all things. He that speaketh to thee is he. A revelation of the identity where a church has dug a well. But we gotta we gotta avoid talking about you know immorality. No 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 no. We just make sure that thing's flowing. Well we gotta you know we got we got some we got some Baptist people here. Great. We got somebody from the Church of Satan. We got somebody from Anton LaVey's church. Woo! I just love it when people come in and the flow starts. And they say, you know what? I thought I had everything. I thought I knew everything. I thought I had all I needed. But there's something greater here. There's a well here. There's a well. There's a portal here from another world. God's favor is here. God's blessing is here. God's power. Clap your hands and give him praise.
got convicted of her immorality. She got convinced that the worship that I was raised in is not the truth. And now she got a personal revelation and conversation. the God of the universe. Let's lift our hands and just talk to him. I'm almost done. God, I love you. You know, seems a long ways from where God found me to where I am today. How did it start? I was thirsty. I was thirsty. Not for booze, Jack Daniel, and Thunderbird. I'd already been doing that stuff. I was thirsty for truth. And at 11 o'clock on a Friday night in downtown San Francisco on a concert stage, God spoke to me. It was a long way from La Quinta Court. Worlds. But God spoke to me. You want to know why, one of the reasons why your pastor and your pastor's wife are throwing themselves into these kinds of things with everything we got is because there's a Rick Mayo out there. Shame on me if I have arrived and forgotten the pit, the hole, the well without water. You know why I keep digging and pressing? push until my last dying breath is because there's people in this audience that God has already been prepping you for this service today. God has already been talking to you. There was a, there was a death metal band opened up for us called Exodus, and then, and then Metallica, a speed metal band, an unknown speed metal band opened up for the band I was in on a Friday night downtown San Francisco. And when the curtains parted, a voice said, is this all there is to this? And within the space of one year, my younger brother came and told me about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name. And through an incredible transpiring of events, I ended up going to a church that was a little home missions church in a little, little tiny storefront in a commercial part of town. And when I put my hand on that, the door handle of that door, that voice that spoke to me approximately a year before spoke to me again and said, you're home. That burn 
wounds in me. Just keep digging. Just keep pressing. There's a Rick Mayo out there somewhere. There's a, there's a Cody Cobbs out there somewhere. There's a Chris Earls out there somewhere. There's a somebody out there that God's already prepping them. God's already talked to them. God's already making them thirsty. Clap your hands and give God praise. this to build a big church. I did this to dig a well. My calling is to dig. I'm blessed. You want to know why? Come and I'll show you some of the wells that we dug. People are here because of a well. That they tasted something that went beyond immorality and beyond incomplete doctrine and went beyond the, the, the misinformation of this world. People are in this church today because they got a revelation that there's but one God and his name is Jesus. Oh, help me preach right now. People are in this congregation today because they drank that water in an altar and spoke with other tongues and the power of the Holy Ghost is yet with them. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, if you've drank the water, let's lift our voice. If you're thirsty, lift your hands. If you're thirsty, open your mouth. If you're thirsty, open your heart. faded man because I remember what it was like brother sessions to be thirsty and being filled with bitterness and hatred and fear and ungodly things and once I, when I walked into that apostolic environment my god there were somersaults running the aisle Woo! I didn't care what it looked like I don't care I don't I don't care what it looked like I don't care what it sounded like it was the first time in my life I said my goodness this is what liberty looks like they don't care what the visitors think they don't care what the mayor thinks they don't care what president biden thinks they're going to run if they feel to run they're going to shout if they feel to shout because they've been drinking from another world best part of the whole deal. Jesus knew, Jesus knew. This woman's thirsty. That's why I met her at the well. And she found out where she's worshiping is no good. Nothing's ever going to come out of it. You got to quit your immorality because I know everything you're doing. And you got a revelation of who I am now. And while Jesus and this precious woman are wrapping this up, here come the disciples. You know, they got that little Burger King bag with a little stain on it where Jesus came from with his flies. They're all yucking it up, saying, man, I got a cheeseburger with pickles. And yeah, <laughs> they're walking, walking. Man, what's Jesus doing in Samaria? And what's Jesus doing here? All of a sudden, they see something that was deemed to be inappropriate according to Jewish mores. 
Jesus is talking to a woman alone. Not to be And so, laughter and gaiety of just coming in from McDonald's. They're looking at the woman, looking at Jesus, looking at the woman, looking at Jesus, looking at the woman, looking at Do that with me. Looking at the woman, looking at Jesus. You don't have to. Looking at the woman, look at Jesus. One of them said, this ain't right. The woman that had just received revelations from another world says, I know what condemnation looks like. I know what humiliation looks like. I know what ridicule sounds like. I think this is my time to leave. Liberty Lake, regions beyond. You'll not get that here. But you are going to find some people that are going to try to give you a drink of water. Not like Hollywood can give. Not like professional sports can give. Not like gaming and videos can give. But something that's eternal. Something that's enduring. Something where you get answers. Something where you get a relationship. Something where you get a revelation. And she left. She left. I can just hear the disciples. Well. Hope Jesus got a good explanation of this. He does. I got meat to eat. You all don't know what's going on. See, I'm here to save people. You all got that Jewish upbringing. You're here to condemn people. I'm here to save people. If you're feeling condemned today, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. It's not from the truth, it's not from the church, and it's not from God. The devil's telling some of you, you need to hightail it out of here. No, 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 no. I rebuke that voice by the authority of the name of Jesus. There is water here. There's a deep well here. There's power. There's one teeny weeny little artifact that we need to talk about that sums up the whole story, Brother Nick. She left her water pot. I guess she thinks she doesn't need it anymore. Let's lift our hands. I've had people hand me handguns. I've had people put drugs, cigarettes, alcohol, all kinds of stuff in an altar where there's real water. Come on, lift your hands and give God the praise. She went out and got the whole city. I found a place where there's water. I found a place where there's revelation. I found a place where there's power. I found a place where there's liberty. Come on, lift your hands. Give God the praise. We're at the well here today. We're at the well here today. Musicians, would you please come? There's a well in this part of the world. There's a well. And you know, you can't be focused on the price tag. Well, what happens when I get this drink? If you're thinking about that, you're never going to enjoy what that drink will give you. 
you have to just like you did in the bar room last week. You have to say, I'm taking this drink, and I don't care what anybody here thinks. I'm just going to. And that's exactly what it's good. That's what God's looking for. God's looking for somebody to say, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks. I got to have this. I got to have something beyond the words on a page. I got to go somewhere beyond the denominations of this world. I want to have something supernatural, something revelatory, something powerful. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. And right now, it's time to get a drink. This altar is open. There's people under the sound of my voice. You are desperately looking for reality in a world that is so deep into the end times, and you know it's in the end times. And you don't have any answers. There's people under the sound of my voice that are in progress, different progression stages of redigging your well. Because you know in moments of weakness you've allowed things in. And now you're understanding the importance of getting it out. There's people under the sound of my voice that know you need to dig, but you've got a history of being uncommitted and lazy. We're going to help you because you're in a church of well diggers that understand digging a well. As they begin to play and sing, this altar's open. Come. Cornerstone, why don't you invite somebody with you? There's somebody that needs a drink of water here today. The significance of a well, not a denomination, not just a church, not just walls. You've got to have that well. I recommend you lift your hands and begin to cry out to God.